1: Marcus Farrow, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join me this evening. We can also take your app chat messages on the on the WBSM app. Uh, we have Veronique. Um, uh, we have um, Veronique Greenwood of the Boston Globe calling in at nine o'clock. She's got a good article on um, the use of plastics and what cost it has uh, environmentally and we'll talk with her about that uh, i had jim o'brien uh, that's at nine o'clock I, I had jim o'brien who's the former school superintendent and a candidate for old rochester school committee he uh you know old rochester in particular the tri-town has been a hotbed um for uh the school committee races in particular have been sort of a cultural hotbed with all of the um, with all of the issues that have been going on there, uh, like I've said before, it's, it's just, I think that a lot of this is, uh, just a, a retread of the, I think it's a reframing of sort of the gay panic that conservatives had campaigned on successfully for a while. I'm not gonna say that they campaigned on it successfully, but it is, um, at least galvanizing for, it's at least galvanizing for their base, right? Um, Ron DeSantis is, I think, done an effective job at galvanizing his base on it, you know, um, she's trying to like ban gay teachers and all of that stuff from school. And um, it's, you know, I don't know if it's going to work on a national election scale. I would say it probably won't. We've seen a sort of a sample size of that. It definitely hasn't. And even locally, you're seeing that a lot of these school committee races, you're seeing that People don't really want their students, um, or uh, their students in town, or their children embroiled in sort of these um, sort the 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 concerns of like frothing at the mouth conservatives, like the people at the Massachusetts Family Institute, um, who are you know. I've said this with Colin Hogan. People in the Massachusetts Family Institute—they are an anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ organization, expressly. I'm not saying that. That's not my opinion on on their policy. They'll tell you that themselves. They've said it very clearly. What they are for, what they are against. So, um, for all that I think talk about taking politics out of uh, taking politics out of uh, the curriculum and education, I think this is decidedly. Um, I think this is decidedly. This is what what is being done um, by organizations like that is decidedly injecting politics into curriculum and education. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey Marcus, what's up? Uh,
2: we were just me, my my daughter was, and my wife were talking out at dinner tonight, and she was telling us a story about um, about gym class today and um the teacher that runs the gym class i guess is uh in charge of running the after school lgbtq plus club okay and uh and she was and she said you know i guess the teacher asked where one of the students were if anybody's seen one of the kids that was supposed to be in the class and my daughter spoke up and she was like she was like oh yeah he's out in the class oh he's out in the hallway he's, co- he's coming he's coming right now he's at his locker she started freaking out on her. She's like, "That's not her. That's not his pronouns. He does not identify as that. He's a they them. You know, you need to you need to realize that." Like, and my daughter's just standing there, like dumbfounded. Like, uh, I had no idea that they identified as that. Like, you know, I'm yeah. sorry, but sure. So who? So who's at fault? The teacher for yelling at my daughter, or my daughter for not knowing the certain student's pronouns? Because how how are they supposed to realize? With a school, you know, with 600 plus students, what every single person identifies as their pronouns. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I think if I think if the teacher yelled at your daughter, uh, um, I, I think that's probably like you know, I think if you're in a position of being an educator and you're trying to talk about like respecting people's pronouns, and this student in particular had those pronouns of they them, I think you could say uh, no, I, it's they them. Like probably a probably a better way to um there's probably a better way to communicate that than browbeating a, a, a student for sure I, I agree with that if that's if that's what yeah. went down then I I agree that there's definitely a better way to do that than browbeating I mean I think that they're you know if the student has those if they they're I guess if they're non-binary um, and they want to be referred to as they them I think that's that can also and should also be respected as well but if a student you know um Misgenders or says the wrong pronouns. I don't think they should necessarily be browbeaten for it because you know it's one of these things. I think it's a fairly it's a fairly newer development. It's actually it is a newer development, and I I think that it's something that you know everybody would, if they you know adjust to um, in certain ways. I don't think it's a big deal to call someone a different pronoun if they if they prefer it that way. Um, I just think that people who maybe make a mistake should probably be um, should probably you know not be Chastise for it. should just maybe, you know, just say, well, no, that's not their, stay them, or whatever, or it's, you know, well, he, I, I, she, she, he, I mean, he, they, or whatever.
2: We're, I think we're getting to a point now in society where you're going to get, you know, yelled at for saying anything anymore. I mean, you can't assume assume people's pronouns anymore because it's like, you know you know, you see an old friend from high school or something, you see him on the street and say he's a guy, you know what I mean, biologically a dude. It's like you know, obviously. I mean, I would be like, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?" You know, this and that. It's like, well, what if this guy speaks out at me because he doesn't i he doesn't identify as those pronouns anymore? You know what I mean? And yeah, I, know, think, it's, it's I, I think I think there's like
1: a visceral reaction to it, and that's on them, right? Like, if you're like, hey, man, yeah. how you doing? Like, oh, I, right. no, actually, I, you know, whatever. I'm going through. I'm um, having, you know, um, you know, I'm transitioning. I'm actually she. You know, I'm actually she her. My pronouns are she her. You know, my name is this, or it's still the same name. I'm I'm actually transitioning. Whatever. I think that's that's fine. But if it's like, how dare you, you know, dead right. name? How dare you dead name me or something like that? I I think there there probably needs to be better understanding all around. Um, on the sort of the changing social dynamics around this stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I hear, I hear you. All right, Marcus. That was my story for the night.
1: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I'll talk. Right, yep, Yep. bye right. Yeah, and I, listen, I'm not a member of the. Of the LGBTQ community, I'm not someone who, you know, has been in the position where I've needed to change my name or my pronouns or anything like that. So I can't, you know, speak to what necessarily what isn't isn't acceptable in in terms of making mistakes. I just, I do think, I think one, you know, obviously if someone changed their pronouns, they change their name. They, changed, you know, they change, you know, they're they're transitioning. They have, you know, their identity, their gender identity is different from what was assigned at birth. I think that's totally fine. Um totally fine. It's something that's, you know, that's the conclusion they came to based on um, whatever. doesn't really matter, right? And um, I think that should be respected. Conversely, right? Conversely, I think if someone does make a mistake and says, you know, oh, you know, he or she and when their pronouns might be the opposite of that or might be they, them or something uh, of that, something like that. I think, you know, it can be understood as, first understood as a mistake, right? You do have people that do that on purpose for the sense of, for the sake of being edgy and taunting, right, and disrespectful. Um, They, they do that and it's stubborn. But for the most part, you know, I think it's probably just, well, I've been accustomed to this way of referring to people for my entire life. And so if I make a mistake, it's an honest mistake. And I think that's probably true in most cases. I think most people are coming from a position of not understanding or fully understanding those new those new dynamics, right? And I think, you know, if that's if there you've got a teacher, you know, browbeating a child or a student or, you know, a young adult, if it's a, someone in high school, yeah, I don't think that's something that, I don't think that's that's something that, I don't think that's the, I don't think it's an effective way um, to sort of move the needle um, in the way that you'd want to move the needle, right? Say, oh, well, how dare you, you know, whatever, this that is wrong, this blah, 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 like, oh, actually their pronouns are uh, they, them, or, you know, if you say something like that, I think that's probably going to go a little bit further. I think that's probably going to go a little bit further, um, in a, in a more positive direction, probably move the needle a little better. Uh, it's one of those, you know, you get more, uh, was it, you get more flies with honey, something like that than vinegar. Is, is that the saying? alright zero eight nine let Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey Marcus, what's up? I sent a uh, message
3: last night. I just
1: tuned in. I don't know if we're switching gears. What we want you to the... I'm open to yeah, whatever. What you think... Yeah, what's your take on
3: the? Uh... I want to just take on the uh, finals yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, think... I got your so I got your message late last night, and I I, I, I did right, read right, it I at the uh, at seven o'clock hour. But I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk about it anyway because I'm I'm excited about it. I think the I think the Celtics are going to beat the Heat. Um, I don't, I you know, Celtics are heavily favored. They're 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 minus I think six hundred, which means, in betting purposes, you'd have to you'd have to bet six hundred dollars to win a hundred, which means, the odds makers are they you know they're trying to disincentivize you from betting the Celtics, right? The odds makers are heavily favoring the Celtics there. So I think they're going to. Win. I think they're going to, and I think rightfully so. I think they're a more talented team. Uh, I think they have the best player in the series. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's been amazing, but Jason, he's still not even as good as he is. He has not been. He's not as good as Jason Tatum. He's not as talented as a player as Jason Tatum. He's not as young as a, of a player as Jason Tatum is either. Jimmy Butler's thirty three years old, um, and so I think the Celtics are going to win that. I, you know, a lot of people say five games. I I always say Jimmy. In the heat with Eric Spoelstra, Eric Spoelstra is one of the probably 10 greatest coaches of all time. The fact that they're even in the conference finals, I think, speaks to um, how they re- were able to o- overcome a lot of these odds. But I, I think that um, they'll at least be able to stretch it out another game, I think maybe six. Because I, I think of the 2020 finals where the Lakers were heavily fav- favored against the Heat. The Heat were undermanned against LeBron and AD. But Jimmy Butler found a way to, you know... A series that the Lakers probably should have won in five. Jimmy Butler found a way to stretch it guess, to yeah. stretch it to six. So I would what, say. What would you, go
3: ahead. I'm sorry. What was your take on the
1: on the Celtics after Game Five, they had down three two? I don't did know. You
3: it was, going, really, I, did you really think they were going to come back, or did you think,
1: wow? No, I, I didn't really think. Make, honestly, I didn't think they were going. To, I didn't think they were going to lose. Um, I thought they. I, I didn't think like just they were just such couple of things. One, I, I don't think Joel Embiid or James Harden can be trusted, right? Especially James Harden at his current age can be trusted in these moments. Um, Joel Embiid has shown that he cannot be trusted in the playoffs, right? He has not been a strong player, performer. He has not gotten out of the second round his entire career. And the Sixers haven't gotten out of the second round in 20 years. So, like, yeah, I, 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 I didn't yeah, – yeah. I, I still, even when they went down 3-2, like, it was an embarrassing performance that they had to go down and – um like you know, they they should have won. They should have won those two. Even those two games they lost, they should have won.
3: But understandable. You are
1: right. Yeah, y- yeah. But I, I always thought, like going into games, like when the the Celtics won game six, I thought I always thought they were gonna win game six. Going into game seven, I had zero doubt that the that the Celtics were gonna win that game seven at home. I thought about it much like the Buck series last year, where they were up three two. Um, I mean, they were down three two to the Bucks. They, I actually thought the Bucks were going to win that series, um, but uh, they were down three two to the Bucks. They beat them in Game Six. They go home. They blow them out in Game Seven. That's that was my line of thinking. That's a, it, it pretty much what happened. Yeah, I didn't expect right a fifty one point. I'm sorry. I didn't expect a fifty one oh, point sorry. game right from Jason Tatum. That,
3: that's right. the reason. That's the reason I wanted your opinion. Now, what about the other side? And I agree with you on that with the Celtics. I do agree that eventually they will they will beat the Heat and they will make the finals.
1: On the other side, um, what's your take on that? It's tough. I, I mean, I want the Lakers to win, um, but I do, do actually yeah, think that I, I I do actually think uh, the the Denver has been the probably the best team in the league all year. Probably the best team, at least the best team in the West. Jokic has been amazing. He's been the best player in the playoffs, and I don't think it's been particularly close. But I think that. When you look at the roster and you look at the players that we're dealing with uh, that they're that we're dealing with here, Denver might be in a better situation where they're a more cohesive team that their, their core has been together. They're 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 they've been to get, they've been playing together for longer. The Lakers are really cobbled together, but you look at the wins the Lakers were able to pull off beating the defending champs, being the number two seed. I think that there is. Jokic and AD are, it's like, that's like a classic big versus big matchup that I'm really excited for. And I think they're both sure. going to get there. It's not going to be, I, I, if it's, you know, and if it's Jokic, if Jokic dominates AD, the series is over very quickly. If vice versa, the series, if AD dominates Jokic, the series is over very quickly. That's all, right? But, but I, I think they're both going to get their spots where they're both going to have their moments. I think the difference is going to be the rest of the roster, and I like the Lakers roster better than the. I like the Lakers roster better than the rest of the Denver roster outside of their two star bigs. I, you know, you you know, they look at their number two, for example. Do you like do you like LeBron James more than Jamal Murray? I don't think anybody does, right? Um, you Michael Porter. Go ahead.
3: It's going to be a tough task for the Lakers, but I I, I think the Lakers Celtics final would be incredible. But, yeah, uh, the yeah from the time breaker. There, I mean, the, the other day he had I mean what do you have sixteen points or something in the first first quarter like eight rebounds three assists or something.
1: Who he's
3: dominant?
1: Who? Uh, How
3: do you pronounce his name Jovic? Oh Jovic, yeah, yeah he was dominant. The yeah, thing just, is
1: is with when they played Phoenix, Phoenix was a like they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker right and that yeah that, that was it. They, they were a significantly undermanned team. They didn't have, they didn't play any, they didn't play, they had to trade a lot of great players for Kevin Durant. They were undermanned. Right. They don't, they were not strong defensively. They were actually a pretty poor defensive team. I think they're, I think the Lakers have been the best defense in the, uh, in the league since the trade deadline. Definitely the best defense in the playoffs. I think the Nuggets. Con- a new team, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, playing with a different, a different, yes, I agree. I, so I think the Lakers can, I, I think the Lakers can pull this off. I think they can beat them in six. Going seven? You think six, really? Lakers I think so. okay. the formula for the Lakers has been win one of the games at home, go back home with a split one-to-one, win game three and four, lose game five, win game six. I think they can beat them in six. I, having said that, the, the Nuggets are favored by six and a half, which is a, Pretty healthy margin. They could blow them out. I have no idea, but I think if the Lakers go home with a split, I think they're going to win the series. I, I, I like the, I like the, I just like the Lakers betting against LeBron James has, uh, over the last 10, 15 years has been one of the worst bets you can make. Um, uh, in, in professional sports. Betting against LeBron James, especially betting against LeBron James in the conference finals, has been one of the worst bets you can possibly make. Um, so I, I think that the Lakers... I think the Lakers will pull it off. I think they're going to win the series.
3: the series starts tonight?
1: Yeah, that starts tonight. Yeah.
3: Okay, awesome. I, I, ho- I hope they come through for you because I'd love to see that final.
1: Me too. I think that'd be great.
3: I'll call If You have a great night.
1: You as well. Yeah, I, I would love to see... I mean the Lakers and Celtics for the tie-breaking 18th championship would be with LeBron James and his really his history in Boston would be amazing. LeBron James hates Boston. Famously hates Boston. He's been very open about the fact that he hates Boston. And um even I watched an interview with Kevin Garnett recently where he, he said that uh if he sees if he sees KG, if he sees – I mean if he sees LeBron, if he sees D-Wade, you know, they're okay. Like they'll say hi, but it's nothing – but it's nothing like – um, it's not – they're not like, hey, how's the fam? How you doing, right? Like there's still some deep tensions between – the Celtics and and LeBron James and the players on that Heat team too as well. So it's a really deep rivalry. I'm really ex- I'd be really excited for that. And I think I think the Lakers are going to pull it off. I was more concerned with the Warriors cuz the way the Warriors play, they just like broke the Warriors like Stephen Curry like breaks the game, right? The way he's able to play, it's define like especially in this era of, of numbers and probabilities and variances when when applied to sports, he just breaks the game. He pulls up from You know, he pulls up from 40 feet, right, which is like just over the half court line. He pulls up from 40 feet, has no problem shooting a jump shot. He's one of like two players in the league that can do that. He can hit contested threes. He can hit threes and get a foul. He can get get an and one three-point play. Right? He, not only that, he's one of the best ball handlers of all time and can get to the basket almost at will. One of the, actually the key differences in, in the one of the, one of the keys in that series was that Stephen Curry wasn't able to as effectively get to the basket, uh, because AD was there. The, the defense that Anthony Davis is playing in this, in this, in this, playoff run has been absolutely historic has been absolutely special. So I, I do think that's the difference. I think the defensive game plan that the Lakers can scheme up can be enough to stop Denver. Now, having said that I'm saying Lakers in six, if Denver wins, you know, feel free to, you know, talk smack to me. Um, But Denver is a really good team. They're all in the conference finals, right? But Denver is a really good team. They've been the best team in the West. They've been the best team in the playoffs. I do think their path has been a little bit easier than the Lakers has, right? I think the Sun that Suns team was very undermanned. They just fired their they just fired their coach, so that you show that shows you where they're at as an organization. Um, and so uh, they not only were they undermanned going into the series because they had traded all those players for KD, but they also lost Chris Paul, lost DeAndre Ayton uh, for the last game too. So they lost two starters, two of their best players. They lost those guys, so there was basically no shot. It was a six games, but it felt like a pretty dominant six games for the Denver Nuggets. So I, I just think the I think the Lakers I think the Lakers present be, bigger matchup problems for the Denver than vice versa. Um, having said that, you know, like if Jokic takes command of the series, it's going to be over. AD has to AD, who's been a world-beating defender, has to. Has to take it. Has to take it to. Has to take it to. Um, Jokic has to challenge him defensively. So we'll see. Uh, I know they're going with a smaller lineup tonight for the three guards. They're starting Dennis Schroeder. I don't necessarily like when the Lakers go small, but Darvin Ham, I think, as a rookie head coach, has been really excellent, and he's really grown in these playoffs at to be a very good head coach. So we're, we'll be. I'm looking forward to seeing that series, but I, I just, like I said, betting against LeBron James has been in the playoffs, in the in the in the playoffs, in the conference finals, especially, has been one of the worst bets you could make in your career. It has been one of the worst bets you could possibly make. So. 508-996-0500. Good evening.
4: Yeah, remember when
1: me? I can't hear you, man.
4: Remember when Kevin
1: McHale clothesline Kurt Rambis. When Kevin McHale clothesline Kurt Rambis, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and then and then he got in his he got in his face and all of that. Yeah, I remember that. That was a very uh, iconic moment. Uh, buddy, I think your your phone I think you're it's some, maybe something with your connection. I can't hear you very well. Can you call back? Call back I can't hear your phone very well yeah Kevin McHale, clothesline, and Kurt Rambus listen a lot of people like that stuff that like sort of that that physicality and all that Let, let's put it this way if I saw if i you're watching the game as a Celtics fan. And you saw tomorrow night Bam Adebayo, the center for the Heat. You saw him close line Jason Tatum when he went to the basket. What would your reaction be? Right, you'd be like, "Oh, this is great intensity." No, you'd be like, "Oh my God, he could have, he could have, he could have seriously hurt <laughs> Jason Tatum. He could have really severely injured him. Not just ended his series here, but maybe ruined his career." So, when, I mean, it, it's cool to see those rivalries have that kind of intensity. It's cool to see those rivalries have that kind of intensity, and I think some of those still do exist today. Like I said, LeBron and the Celtics, definitely, that rivalry definitely still exists today. I think you're seeing a little bit with the Warriors in Memphis. Um I, I think that the Heat and Celtics were like that uh back in the early 2010s. But... um in terms of that level of physicality and clotheslining people and trying to fight people, I actually don't think it's good for the sport. I, I'd rather see them play basketball than fight each other, honestly. Um, there's that famous picture of Larry Bird and Dr. J at each other's throats. They're grabbing each other's throats. To this day, I believe neither of them have signed that picture. They have both refused to sign that picture. Um I guess that's that's a vestige of old of old sports and yeah, intense rivalries are cool. When you get two teams that don't like each other, it brings out a lot, a lot more in the game. But you know, doing that stuff that they used to do, I don't think it makes the game better. I think it makes it worse. Okay. Five oh eight nine nine six O five hundred is how you can get the program. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. I'm gonna take a break, we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. And uh, we'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So, um, uh, by the way, the Spurs got the number one overall pick. uh, So they get that French guy, Victor Juan Viana. But uh, we were talking a little bit about, we were talking with Jim O'Brien about Um, uh, we're talking to him about his candidacy for school committee. We talked a little bit about basketball, obviously the NBA playoffs are ramping up. We don't necessarily, we don't always do sports here, but sometimes we do. And I'm really excited. This has been the most fun I've had watching the playoffs in quite some time. Um, so I, I it's been, I think a really good, I think it's been a really good playoff series. So. We'll see, um, we'll see how that goes. I, I, the Celtics Lakers finals for the tiebreaker is the best possible scenario. I think the best possible outcome for, um, for the, uh, I I just think for the league, the ratings will be through the roof too. Actually, the, the last series, the, the, the Warriors versus the Lakers, I think was the highest rated second round series in like 30 years, something like that. Um And So It'll be It's It's been good Uh, I think we're gonna see it I think we're gonna see it Lakers Celtics Last time was 2010 Uh, That was when Kobe was still with On the team It was a seven game series Uh, Lakers won that game seven by four Never forget it Um And that was pretty much it. The 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 then the Lakers won in 2020. Celtics made the finals. Um, it seems like they are both becoming, you know, steady contenders again, like they were in the late uh, 2000s or early two thousand ten. So that's really exciting stuff. Uh, that's really exciting stuff. But 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages. On the WBSM app, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, Dennis from period. I knew the photo, but not neither of them signing it. Yeah, um, I remember I saw that on a. I think it was an ESPN special or something like that. No one has signed that picture of, of Doctor. Uh, not neither of them have signed it, and they've they've refused to. Um, I, unless that's changed recently, that's still the case. I heard that a lot, a long time ago, but I can't imagine they're feelings on that have uh, changed in any fund in any uh in any fundamental way so um 508-996-0500 that's how you can join me this evening we can also take your messages on the wbsm app chat we can talk about basketball we can talk about local issues we're gonna um again um we're gonna have uh, greenwood um, from Boston Globe join us at nine o'clock interested in talking with her so what I think I'm going to do now is, is hit the break and then we'll be back we'll take your calls we'll take your app chat messages
0: listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app
2: one in four Americans have a disability I'm one of them I'm also a working mom who cares deeply about making sure every child with a disability thrives by getting their access needs met. We've got a trusted ally by our side. Easter Seals provides children and families the foundation for lifelong success through early learning programs, skills training, and prep for college and career. That's my Easter Seals. Make it yours. Join us at EasterSeals.com.
3: HIV is not a crime, or
2: it shouldn't be. People living with HIV can do and live fully healthy lives without risk of
0: transmitting the virus to others. But a different fear remains. In 30 states, Americans are being imprisoned due to their HIV status. It's time for the laws to catch up to science.
2: Join the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation to modernize outdated HIV criminalization laws. Go to etaf.org. HIV is not a crime. Campaign funded through the support of Gilead Sciences Incorporated. Ah! Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference
0: and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. This time next week, I'll be sick in bed with West Nile virus. Thanks to a mosquito bite right in front of my house. In eight minutes, my daughter will be in an ambulance, having an asthma attack, triggered
2: by cockroaches.
0: I'm going to be bitten by a tick today, and I won't even know it, until Lyme disease turns my life upside down. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, pops. (sighs) What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. a I was waiting. Started to wonder. You know, opposite, who you thought was. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures.
2: Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang they said i regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury i was doing school full-time and i was also then caring for victor one of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself i just didn't want to forget that i also had goals and that i also had a life what i did is i challenged victor to meet me halfway there are almost 6 million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that
0: we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The
2: YMCA is just a starting line for the true self-blooms only when we find our purpose what makes us tick below the surface why is the before work hustle an after school home a section of my block a corner to call my own with my why i stand strong seen and supported all along it's a million faces in a mirror and everyone belongs find your why join today at ynca.org for a better us
0: The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM.
1: Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, 508-996-0500 so you can get in the program. Um, I mean, kind of just started talking about basketball in the last half hour. I'm going to kind of – I'm just going to finish out the hour talking about basketball. That's not something we typically do here, but – i I don't care <laughs> i want to talk about it I've had so much fun watching the playoffs that I'm just gonna talk about it until nine o'clock then we'll we'll get more we'll get more into the issues based stuff but five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred if you have an n b a finals prediction I'd love to hear it um i don't know i i, I i'm telling you the i was definitely more i felt i could be proven totally wrong and have vega in my face but i was more concerned with the warriors um just because of their ceiling and their ability to their their high level of variance just shooting all those threes and you know there's the, all so much ethos around them that game 6 clay thompson right where he shot hit 10 threes in a must win Game Six in 2016 and all that. Now, that was a long time ago. Uh, Clay Thompson can't do the stuff he used to do, but it was still, you know, just the fact that they had the championship pedigree. They were defending champs. I, I just felt more. I just felt more uneasy about it. This series, I just, I think that I think the Lakers are going to win. I don't. Th- I don't. Now I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I just think that they're the better team here. I think they're the better team. I think the core of AD and LeBron hasn't lost a series when healthy. Um, This is a different Lakers team and a different Denver team than one that's played since then. But um, I just, I I don't know. I, I I just, like I said, betting against LeBron James is one of the worst bets you can make. LeBron James, the greatest basketball player who ever lived. So... I'm going to bet on the greatest basketball player who ever lived and say, and I literally did. <laughs> I literally bet on him and say, uh, and say, and say Lakers and Six. So 508 996 0500 is how you can get uh, on the program. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, we're going to be joined by Green Greenwood from the Boston Globe at, um, we're going to be joined by Vernee Greenwood of the Boston Globe at uh, at nine o'clock. We're going to talk about um, her piece on um, you know the harmful effect of plastics. I asked her uh, to you know to talk about the nip bands that have been sweeping across the south coast as well. So we'll talk about that too. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. And uh, I'm going to try to get more. You know, we had Matt Stout on to talk about the MBTA lawsuit. I've had reporters from the Globe on before, um, but uh, we had Chad Finn, the columnist for the Boston Globe. He was um, to talk about his book the, uh, on the Red Sox that he had uh, curated, and so I want to I want to get more reporters from the Globe on to talk about the Metro issues. Sometimes they do get issues down here, like Matt Stout did on the MBTA lawsuit, and we'll talk more about that. Um, uh, we'll talk more with I think reporters from the Globe uh as we go forward. Um but until then I'm joined by you at 508-996-0500 We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So so wow. All right. Uh I'll take a break. We'll be right back. Good evening, you're live.
4: Yeah, you want to talk about the Boston Globe. I used to work at the Boston Globe. Oh yeah? Yep, thirteen
1: years. Oh yeah, I remember you told us that when you were uh, when we were we had Ted on a while back.
4: Yeah, yeah, all those stories and the hookers in the shower and
1: yes, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. It was it was an interesting job. Yeah. Um, I think the reporters and stuff a little bit different life than the pressmen, and probably now in the press room it's not like it was back then. You I would imagine I mean? not. No. Nah, they used to get away with so much. I mean, the security was a joke back then. They didn't care. They were, right. they'd be in on the party too. So, right. But they moved from Morrissey Boulevard to, um, downtown Boston is their headquarters. But the press room, I believe, is in Attleboro now. Oh, is they it? They have, I
3: didn't yeah, know that. It's not
4: connected. It's not connected to downtown. That's where all the reporters are, downtown Boston. They mm-hmm. have a couple of little field offices too. And then um they have Atlbar, I believe they opened a plant. They're using smaller, older, rebuilt presses. The crew's been cut down dramatically. The job is kind of endangered. It's still a good paying job. A lot of guys have left or retired. Um, they all seem to typically die young, like my father just passed at seventy one, my grandfather died at seventy one. Um guys have died younger than that, guys have died in their twenties. Wow. Um substance abuse issues, um just people having heart it I mean there was a guy at like thirty years old that had a heart attack and died in there. So I think it's high stress and I think that you know the way they live, they just not they don't live healthy, their diet and all that. It's just it's the way they they work. they work mostly nights. they work during the day too, but they're I don't know you're around all those chemicals and stuff. so I'm often wondered if that has to do with it and then, and there's a lot of people have mental wind up with mental health problems in there too. so I wonder if it's chemicals or something like that. other people have said that too. But I don't know what else to say. It's It was an interesting place, though.
1: Are you there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So you think the chemical exposure is what caused them to die early?
4: Yeah, it caused them probably multiple. It did, um, there was a chemical on the old. J Press. J Press was the oldest press in the press room on Morrissey Boulevard. And there were guys that were getting leukemia. There was a guy, he was in his 40s, one of my father's friends. He died years ago, healthy as an arch, used to go to the gym, ended up getting leukemia like 44 years old and passing away. And there are other guys that popped up leukemia and kidney problems and it was a chemical they were using in that press. Um, they stopped using it, but at one time there was a chemical they were using in that press.
1: Wow. Jeez. Yeah, there's,
4: there's all sorts of it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a very dirty, unsafe job. It's probably more safe now, but, you know, you're going back, I mean, those guys used to get covered head to toe. They still get covered with ink, but they used to get covered head to toe with ink, and,
1: uh, I don't know. That's, yeah, it sounds pretty nasty. Yeah,
4: uh, <laughs> you can wonder why people are acting crazy and stuff in there. But I got to go. You have a
1: good night. All right, you too. 508 996 0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, and uh, again, Joined by a reporter from the Boston Globe in the nine o'clock hour, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I wonder. You know, uh, Boston Globe, I think will always be okay. They have a, you know, they, in, in ter- relatively they have a very um, healthy uh, circulation. But you wonder when a lot of these local outlets are going to move away from the print and go strictly to the online uh, pub- uh, online. Um, online, uh, publication. I mean, we, you know, we're fully online here at WBS and we have a fully digital platform and it does really well. Um, we do really well both in our page views and our download, our, our app downloads and our podcast downloads. And I think that, um, I think that, uh, I think that, um, I think that that might be the direction that you see things moving in uh, going forward. But, uh, again, stay tuned. We're going to be joined um, by the Boston Globe Reporter in the uh, after the 9 o'clock news. So you'll want to tune in for that. You'll want uh, to uh, call in after if you want at 508-996-0500. We can also take your messages on the WVSM app chat. So um, I'm going to take oh yeah we've got another 30 seconds so well we will talk at um the other end of the news break so stay tuned and this is south coast tonight